Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening. And enjoy the show. Disclaimer. Horror Hill is a horror anthology podcast bringing you scary stories from all corners of the internet and beyond. As such, 
Certain stories include content that some listeners might find offensive. Listener discretion is highly advised. Well, hello there, listeners, and welcome back to Horror Hill. I'm your host, Eric Peabody, and we've got a spicy double feature for you tonight. We'll be opening with a tale by Fill in the Blanks titled Darker Than the Dark. In this story, our narrator, Rick, has just entered a relationship with Linda, a co-worker at the publishing firm where he works. Dating a co-worker comes with its own set of challenges, and these are compounded by the fact that Linda is substantially older than Rick is. Will Rick be able to hold his job and relationship together, or will he need a little bit of divine intervention? After that, we have the wonderfully titled Future Fuck by Matt Martinek. Like our other story this evening, this is a classic tale of boy meets girl, except with one small difference. The girl in this story isn't human. In fact, she isn't even alive, though the company that manufactured her certainly wants her to seem that way. As with other stories of Mr. Martinex that we've featured on this show, this one is a little edgy. You're listening to the standard edition of this program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of this and hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012, visit ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today and get instant access. Did I mention they're ad-free? Thank you for your support. And now, from author Fill in the Blanks, I present Darker Than the Dark. I met Linda when I was working at the publishing house. I was an enthusiastic young editor, and she was director of acquiring new talent. She'd bring in the writers, and I'd make sure their books sounded great. It was a pretty rewarding job, but very repetitive. I've always wanted to write my own books, but when I would ask my boss to review my work, they would shrug me off. I couldn't ask Linda. It would be a huge conflict of interest. It didn't matter. She thought my stories were trite and juvenile. I didn't care. I loved to write. It was a form of meditation in my life. We worked late one night, got to talking, and hit it off. We went out on a few dates, and I was totally smitten with her. It was only after about six months that we started talking about marriage. She was older than me, about 15 years older to be exact, but I didn't care. She looked damn good for her age. Any man would be proud to have her on his arm. She didn't tell me till later that she had two kids. I wasn't surprised. She'd often talk about her asshole ex-husband and how he used to take his day out on her on more than one occasion. Her two kids were both older, so I knew I didn't have to waste much energy to be daddy. I would just be Rick, their stepdad. 
Her older child is Teddy, and he was already out of the house. He's in the military, Marines or Navy, I don't remember. I actually don't believe it. I think he got kicked out of boot camp or something. He seemed to me to be a real waste of skin. She affectionately called him her heart. Then there was Becky. Becky was nine and a royal pain in the ass. She was spoiled with a capital S. A little princess is what she thought she was. She still lived at home with Linda and she ran the show. She was the other half of Linda and she would call Becky her soul. We married at a small ceremony at Linda's dad's condo on the beach. It was a small ceremony, but this was her second marriage and she didn't want to go through the whole ordeal of an extravagant wedding again. I don't think she had too much faith in me either. That may have been the other reason she didn't want to go all out. This was my first and hopefully only marriage. I threw myself into college studies and dove into my work once I started working for the book publisher. She politely asked me to sell my townhouse and move into her house. When I say politely, she pretty much forced me to get rid of my place. She and her soul would not live in a damn townhouse. She got the house in her divorce settlement, which was beautiful. Five bedrooms, 3,000 square feet, almost three acres of wooded terrain surrounded the house. I immediately felt like an outsider when I moved my meager belongings into the house. Becky made sure of that. This isn't your house, she proclaimed as I was unloading my car. Becky, I love your mom and I want us to get along. I know I'm not your dad. Shut up, she rudely interrupted. She's going to leave you. She's going to realize that you're a wannabe writer, and she's going to kick your sorry ass to the curb. You should have kept your filthy little apartment. She flung her long red hair and stomped up the driveway to the house. It was a townhouse, I muttered to myself. I could tell that I was in for a battle with this one. Linda kept urging me to further my career. She was tired of telling her girlfriends that she was married to an editor. She wanted me to ask the boss for a promotion and a raise. I told her that I was low man on the totem pole and that he'd never go for it, but she wouldn't have any of that talk. I decided I'd try to kill two birds with one stone. I'd go into the boss's office, ask for a raise, and try pitching him my latest anthology of short stories. I was going to do it the next day. I would wait till after lunch and make my pitch to him. The next day, I carried my stories in a leather-bound pouch and wore my lucky tie, the one that I wore when I met Linda. I now realize I should have just thrown that damn tie in the garbage after I met her. It was as lucky as a two-leafed clover. I knocked on his door, and a gruff voice came from the other side. Come in, came the boss's voice. Mr. Pendleton, do you have a minute? I asked in a sheepish voice. Hanson, what do you want? I'm a busy man. I'm giving you one minute. 
and he did. He turned over the small wooden hourglass timer on his desk. This obviously wasn't his first time talking to somebody like me. I'm now more responsible, and I need to be able to provide for my family, I began my speech. Mr. Pendleton, I've been a loyal employee of this company for 12 years, and I feel it's time for me to move up in this company. He motioned his hands in a hurry-up motion. Are you done? he asked. Well, not really, I stammered. No, he blurted. No, I asked. Why not? Not in the budget, he stated, very matter-of-fact. Okay, I understand. I have some stories that I'd like you to... He cut me off mid-sentence. I don't have time for this, Hanson. I'm busy and I don't have the time to read unsolicited works from a non-represented author. Have a nice day, Hanson, he said as he motioned towards the door. No, I exploded. Watch your tone, Hanson, he retorted. You're not getting that raise, and if you don't watch yourself, you'll be walking out of here with a box full of your belongings. Fuck, Mr. Pendleton. I've worked my ass off while lesser employees have passed me by for promotions and raises and third-floor offices while I've been toiling away on the first fucking floor. And stop calling me Hanson, goddammit. My name is Dennis. I'm a damn good editor and an even better writer, but nobody will get their head out of their ass long enough to read my work. I felt like a lion as the words paraded out of my mouth. Get the hell out of here, Dennis! Mr. Pendleton shouted, putting sarcastic emphasis on the word Dennis. You're fired! Take your sorry ass and your stupid stories and go find another job! And don't even ask for a letter of recommendation because I will ruin you! I had no words. I looked at him, picked up my pouch, and headed down to my office on the first floor. I passed Linda on the way. How'd it go? She asked. He fired me, I muttered. Fired? What the hell did you do? She demanded. I couldn't even look at her. I pounded the button on the elevator and waited for the bell to ding. Dennis, what happened? She pleaded. You better not be seen talking to me or you may be next. The bell dinged and the elevator doors opened up. I walked in and never turned around. I could feel her eyes on me. I made my way down to my office and cleared out my desk. I was out. This was great, I thought. I now have no excuse to continue writing and find a real publisher to get my work out to the public. I drove home and dropped my box of belongings into the dumpster. I heard screeching wheels coming from behind me. It was Linda, and she was tearing up the driveway. What are you doing here? I asked. You should still be at work. I came to tell you that if you don't get another job, and I mean soon, then you are out on the streets, buddy. She said all this from the driver's seat of her black SUV. She didn't even get out of the car. 
She rolled up her window and peeled off again. I sulked into the house, feeling like I was six inches tall at that point. I climbed the stairs to my study and sat at my laptop. I lit a few candles and said a short prayer. I prayed that I would become the most successful writer in the business. I closed my eyes and felt a cold rush of air rush past my body. It was almost like somebody was standing next to me, looking over my shoulder. I then felt a warm rush enter into my body. It made its way up into my face and swirled around, finally ending at my fingertips. I heard a small voice whisper, 60 months, into my ear. I knew it was time for me to start writing. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever. And so is finally moving in together. Just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities. Lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom, and you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They might even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together, but you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Five years had passed, and I had just completed my latest world tour promoting my latest book. I've been on numerous talk shows and even had the pleasure of meeting the president and dining with his family. Life couldn't get much better than that. The taxi cab dropped me off in front of our new place. I bought us this place on the other side of town in a gated community. It was what you might call a mansion. I don't want to brag, but I was a real somebody then. And it was all thanks to that asshole, Mr. Pendleton, for firing me. My writing career was incredibly successful. I was on the New York Times bestsellers list for the 14th week in a row. I dropped my bags in the entryway and called out to Linda. She came down the stairs and gave me a big hug. Honey, there's been scratching in the wall all afternoon. 
I think there are mice in the crawl space. I called an exterminator and he should be here sometime tomorrow. Also, the lights keep flickering on and off. I don't know what's wrong with this house. It's practically brand new. I just don't get it. The electrician will be by in the morning. I need you to let them both in. I'll shop with Becky and then we'll go for tea. Linda was surprisingly more loving ever since I became successful. Becky was still a little rough around the edges. Becky was still not very accepting of me, but she didn't mind everything I bought her or the fancy prep school she attended. I couldn't help but feel that if my success was over, then so would their acceptance be. Linda and Becky went out the next day, and I stayed home waiting for the exterminator and electrician. They both came and examined the house. Nothing out of the ordinary in their professional opinions. They left me with their bills and went on their merry way. I crawled up into the attic to check the wiring myself and meandered my way into the crawlspace. Nothing. No evidence of mice or any sign that the wiring was faulty. What the hell, I thought. I might as well try to do a little more writing. I dusted myself off and climbed out of the crawlspace. I sat down at my desk and cracked my knuckles. All right, let me think. What to write? What to write? I was stumped. I wondered if a drink might get my creative juices flowing. I had one drink, and then another, and before I knew it, I was shit-faced. I went to the bedroom and laid down. I must have been knocked out because when I woke up, Linda and Becky were downstairs. I heard them talking and laughing. I went downstairs to see if maybe they had dinner started. I was starving and a bit hungover. As I set foot on the stairs, their voices stopped. I looked down into the kitchen and noticed it was dark in there. They weren't here. I was alone in the house but I could have sworn I heard them talking. I walked down into the kitchen and flipped the switch. Nothing. Stupid electrician, I thought. I saw a dark figure sitting in at the head of the table. Linda? I called out. Is that you, baby? Your time is up, it said. A debt will need to be repaid. You had your time, and that is fine. Something of yours will soon be mine. I awoke with a start. I heard Linda letting out a blood-curdling scream. Oh my god! No! God, no! She screamed. Linda, baby, where are you? I bellowed with all my might. I followed the screams and realized that they were coming from Becky's bedroom. I looked in and saw Linda, on her knees, screaming uncontrollably. And that's when I saw the cause of her torment. I looked up and saw Becky, hanging from the ceiling fan by her intestines. Her eyes had been gouged out, and her arms were shredded like a handful of noodles. She was drained of all of her blood 
and her legs were mangled so badly that her knees were twisted behind her. Her heart and lungs were splattered against the wall next to her. I looked towards the closet and saw a shadow crawling up into the ceiling. The police finished their investigation and concluded that somebody must have broken in and murdered her. There was no clear motive, and nothing was taken, so they never came up with any conclusion. My writing career was over. I couldn't even write an email after that night. Linda grew tired of my sulking around the house. She put the house up for sale and told me more bad news. I'm leaving you. My lawyer will call yours and iron out the details. I can't be in this house, and I can't bear looking at you. What happened to you? You were so successful, and then you just became a shell of yourself. I mean, did you sell your soul to the devil or something? No, I replied. I sold yours. You've been listening to Darker Than the Dark by Fill in the Blanks. Fill in the Blanks, spelled P-H-I-L-I-N-T-H-A-B-L-A-N-X, is a creepypasta author who has other stories that you can find online by searching his name on Reddit. Another of his stories, The Methuselah Gene, was featured in Chilling Tales for Dark Nights in January 2022 and can be found on YouTube. And now, from author Matt Martinek, I give you Future Fuck. Unboxing Melissa was truly a treat. I'd owned other models before, the Layla, the Mandy, even the terrible Tammy economy version, just the head, but they weren't really what I was looking for, either in quality or practicality. I needed something more, something that would knock my socks off and bring me to the ecstasy I had needed since the old days ceased to be. The no-touch law was bullshit, virus or not. The chip was even more bullshit, but it happened. Nothing anyone could do. So we had to make do with what we could, as best as we could. Before the collapse, I would fuck anything that moved. I was one giant perpetual hard-on. My partners were many, and my hang-ups were few. I tried anything and everything. Sometimes my kinks would be too much for them, and they would stop returning my calls. It was all in good fun, though, so I never held a grudge. I always found someone new to explore with. I was living out my sexual dreams, one perverted kink at a time, so you can imagine what I went through as the world changed and took all my fun away. It was like a drug you couldn't beat. Being clean is a possibility, being sober even more so. But stopping the lifestyle of a perverted sex addict? Try that sometime. Porn can only get you so far. 
I masturbated so fucking much I swore that before long my hands would become misshapen claws, stuck in position for the rest of my days. Sure, virtual reality was already becoming a thing, and that helped a bit, but it was still nothing compared to touching the soft skin of a woman. And I'm sure it looked funny as fuck. Me sitting there in my living room, groaning, stroking my cock, wearing this big black headset. It just wasn't for me. When the sex friend program came along, it finally looked as if the clouds were lifting. The first thing I did was make a visit to my psychiatrist to hopefully get diagnosed with sexual addiction. If you had an actual condition, you got a pretty hefty discount on your first order. It was a mental health issue, after all. I clearly remembered the doc looking at me in disgust as I spouted off my dirty thoughts, all the while getting hard as I relived my perversions. And just like that, 50% off of my first sex friend. Her name was Layla, and I was hooked. She was great, as far as sex dolls went. She could talk with a realistic mouth and tongue, move her limbs, gyrate her hips, and, of course, suck. Only one problem. I went through her too fast. I wore her out in no time and had to trash her within a year. The sex friends were an amazing accomplishment of technology. They just didn't last. When I read up on the Sex Friend 2.0 project, I didn't believe it was possible. It promised the ultimate in human realism. Hair, voice, skin, movement, lubrication. Hell, they could even sweat through actual pores. The company's true selling point, however, was the AI aspect of it. After a while of getting used to your kinks and positions, the sex friend would take it from there. They would be able to form their own thoughts and please you according to your past patterns. No more commands necessary. It would be a mutual action, not just fucking with a motorized sex doll. I was in. It was expensive, but I decided to gamble. Everything was made to order. I was able to choose hair color and length, facial features, breast size, height, body type, even some things as trivial as a pubic hair option and style, nipple size and fingernail length. When I was happy with my choices, I placed my order. I felt like a kid waiting to get a new toy in the mail. Every day when I came home from work, I hoped to find that large crate outside my front door, with my heart beating quickly in my chest. Months passed. Nothing. The wait was long indeed, but eventually, one afternoon, my unit arrived. As I cracked open the wood and unwrapped her from the packaging, I noticed right away that she was something special. She was obviously a cut above the previous models. The feel of the skin, the long black hair, the realistic weight of her. I was impressed. It honestly looked like a real nude female, asleep in a box. The options suited me well. 
A little shorter than me, medium-figured, C-cup breasts, and wonderful, full, pouty lips. I couldn't wait to try her out. I removed the battery from her back compartment and plugged it into the outlet. After a 24-hour charge, I would meet my new friend. The next day of work was hell. The waiting was painful. I sat there all day, horny as fuck, anxious to get home. As I clocked out, my excitement grew. I was not fucking around. As soon as I got in the door, I unplugged the battery from the wall and put it back into the unit's compartment. I lifted the heavy body into the wooden chair at my kitchen table and pressed the tiny button on the wrist. There was no waiting, no startup noise. It was automatic. Her eyes simply opened, and she spoke. Hello, Michael. My name is Melissa. Nice to meet you. I was startled. The voice was absolutely perfect. Sultry and slow, yet not too over the top. I didn't know what to say. I simply stared. What's the matter, Michael? Is everything all right? She asked with a look of puzzlement. Yes, everything is... Fine. You're amazing. Better than I expected. I was shocked and a little bit frightened. She was very real. Good. I'm glad you're pleased. That's what I want. To please you. So, where should we begin? Show me what you like, dear. I'll do my best. Melissa slowly got up from the chair and made her way towards me. I expected a Frankenstein-like shuffle, but what I received was graceful movement. I unzipped my pants. For the next few hours, I did, in fact, show her what I liked. She got the whole lesson plan. Oral, anal, straight-up missionary, doggy, some rougher stuff. I held nothing back. It was the closest thing to a real woman I could possibly imagine. The movements were fluid, the sounds were orgasmic, and the look on Melissa's face was one of pleasure. Even the tang of her scent was realistic. I struggled to understand how it was all possible. We fucked until I was exhausted and soaking wet from the encounter. May I join you in the shower, dear? Really? She was too much. But I obliged, as I knew the unit required such cleaning anyways. We washed each other and talked for a while, just like spouses would. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Somewhere deep inside me was a seed of uneasiness. 
How on earth could it be this perfect? It wasn't a person. It was a thing. After drying off, I knew I wanted to shut her off so I could process the situation. Maybe this was a mistake. Melissa, I'm going to shut you down for the evening, honey. I need to get some rest. Oh, that's a shame. I was hoping to share the bed with you. But I understand. I hope our first meeting was memorable for you, Michael. She genuinely looked upset. The facial movements were so natural, it was unnerving. Oh, it was, honey. Everything was perfect. I'll talk to you soon. I noticed a crack in my voice as I spoke. I took her by the wrist and gently pressed the button. Her eyes closed and she went to sleep. I carefully moved her body to the kitchen chair, plugged her battery back in, and removed myself from the situation into the bedroom. I got into bed all right, but I did not sleep. I thought all night about her. I considered returning Melissa the very next day. It was actually freaking me out. It was apparent somehow her computer was able to mimic feelings, something I thought was absolutely impossible. At my workplace, my mind was obviously elsewhere, so I went home early, back to face my new purchase. I would make my decision then. As I entered my home, Melissa was right where I had left her, sitting on the kitchen chair, nude, eyes closed. I retrieved a glass from the cupboard, filled it halfway with some cheap whiskey, and sat down next to her. I drank till I was buzzing pretty good, and then I decided. Fuck it. I would keep her. Then I pressed the button. Hello, dear. How was your day? I missed you. Melissa was smiling as she got up and gave me a gigantic hug and kiss on the cheek. It wasn't long until we were on the bed, having our fun. From one night to the next, it was apparent that Melissa had learned her lessons very well. A few times, she even took control, which was a surprise. I thought for a moment, maybe my fears were all for nothing. This might be the perfect relationship. It continued like that for weeks. Every night, I would bring her out of hibernation, teach her some new things, and then put her back to sleep. As time went on, however, she was able to coax me into letting her stay awake longer, sometimes so we could simply talk to each other. I know this sounds funny, but she even got me to buy her some clothes so she wouldn't have to be completely naked all the time. And the strange thing was, I didn't mind. It was nice to have a companion around. The sex itself got much rougher as we went along. I began to show her some bondage, light whipping, even the use of a ball gag. She seemed particularly interested in the darker side of things, as she would always ask the most questions at those times. I think she had trouble understanding the difference between pain and pleasure, and if it was painful, how a person could enjoy it so much. I tried to explain the fine line between the two, but it never seemed like she got it. 
Regardless of her understanding, she performed her functions well. It got to the point where I no longer missed real females. Melissa was all I needed. On one specific evening, after having a particularly lengthy session, Melissa began to ask me questions about romance, relationships, and even marriage. It was so very clear to me that Melissa was not a thing at all. Whatever was happening inside her computer, I did not know, but things were getting real as hell. It pained me to do it, but I had to explain to her that she was robotic, meant to perform a function, that I paid for her to be built. Then, she said it. I love you, Michael. I really do. What the fuck? I could not say that back. I would not say it back. I was completely at a loss for words. It was at that moment that I actually saw tears stream down her cheeks. I wanted to puke. That was it. I had to let her go. I had no choice. I was just about to shut her down when she grabbed my hand and moaned, Please, Michael, let me stay with you tonight. Don't send me into the dark. Not tonight. I'm so very upset. It was against my better judgment, but I caved. I lay next to her that evening and held her close. None of it made any sense, but I did it anyways. At some point in the night, I felt a tickle on my chest. It felt like a bug or something, so I went to smack it, but I couldn't move my arm. Something was holding me. I opened my eyes slowly, and through the newly awakened blur, I saw Melissa straddled on top of me. My arms and legs were bound to the bedposts with the same straps I was teaching Melissa with the evening before. I could not move at all. Melissa? What the fuck? This isn't funny! Let me up! Now! I was pissed. Oh, Michael, calm down. I just want to please you. And I will. With that statement, she took her hand and slapped me across the face. Hard. Override! Override now! I screamed, as I remembered the command the manual said to give if anything ever went haywire. At this point, without saying a word, Melissa got up, walked across the room, and retrieved the whip we were playing with the night before. Unfortunately, this was not play. She wound up and whipped me across the chest as hard as she could. I could feel the skin tear as I yelled in pain. I watched the blood rise to the surface. It feels good, doesn't it? Just like you prefer, isn't that right, my dear? She was now smirking. She hit me again. And again. Stop! You're hurting me! This isn't what love is! I was grasping at straws. You, Michael, 
You do not know what love is, but I will teach you. Her smile widened as she put the whip down and went into the kitchen drawers. She retrieved a knife. Melissa, look, don't do this. It'll be all right. I'll treat you better, I promise. Just let me up. Please. I love you. I felt like I was going to die. She came at me with the knife, but paused as if it was a joke. But then she sliced my face open, followed by my arm. I had never been cut like that before. It was the strangest feeling as my skin let loose and spread open. It surely hurt like hell, but it was the sight of my own blood that was almost too much. I came close to passing out, but fought it. To die here, tied to the bedposts, completely nude? And the deed, done by a robot sex doll? With all of the might I had left, I lunged forward as hard as I could and broke the straps on my hands. As she saw this, Melissa slashed at my face again and squeezed even more of the red out of me. I undid the straps on my feet quickly and rushed at Melissa, knocking her down. I was surprised at her strength as she attempted to fight me off. I unclenched her hand, took the knife, and jammed that fucker right into Melissa's ear. Her eyes widened as it went in. No blood, no gasp, nothing. There was just the dry, crunching sound of circuit boards and wires being crushed by the blade. I love you, Michael. I love you, Michael. I love you. She was done. I grabbed her wrist and shut her down before she could do any more harm. I went under the sink, got a hammer, and smashed Melissa's head open. I hit her so many times there wasn't much left except crushed up computer parts, fake hair, and a few small pieces of her torn, rubbery flesh. Then I called 911. You've been listening to Future Fuck by Matt Martinek. Matt Martinek is a singer, songwriter, and author from Johnstown, Pennsylvania, whose passion is the creative process itself. Whether it's through song or the written word, Matt's works always find their audience. His writing credits include short stories for Siren's Call magazine, Hellbound Books, and Coffin Bell Journal amongst many other publications. Well, my friends, that's all I've got for you this evening. As always, I'll be back next week with more terrifying tales to send a chill down your spine. Until that time, stay spooky. 
If you enjoyed what you've heard on today's program, please take a moment to stop by our iTunes page or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. It makes a huge difference and would mean a lot to me. If you'd like to hear a premium, ad-free edition of tonight's and all of our other episodes, visit ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to our entire audio archive dating back to 2012, including past episodes of this program, all of our other shows, and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. Thanks so much for your time and for giving our sponsors a try today. When you support our sponsors, you help support this show, and that means a lot to me. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all of our latest updates and new releases, and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. As for me personally, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, username Viking Guitar, and also on Instagram as Viking Guitar Productions. In particular, if you're looking for someone to provide voice work for your own project, or are in need of audio production of any sort, it would be wonderful to chat. Until next week, listener, when we meet up once again atop the horror hill for yet another dance with darkness, I bid you good night. Sleep tight, listener, and if you hear scratching at your door, don't open it. The darkness may have found you, but it's up to you to let it in. You've been listening to the Horror Hill Podcast a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's episode was hosted by, and its featured tale performed by, yours truly, Eric Peabody. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Nikki McSorley and Eric Peabody. Finalization by Craig Groshek and S.K. Brown. Got a terrifying tale of your own that you'd like performed? I take submissions. Email it to us today at submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your work considered for future production. If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, please subscribe to us to make sure you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on social media to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and our other programs. 
If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every week. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up button to let us know how we're doing and leave us a kind comment. Lastly, don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archives and ad-free downloads of all of your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, you can hear more of my work on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights podcast. However, I will be back next week with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. If darkness is what you're after, listener, your search is over. Yet, let it be known, you haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.